Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. Um, today, I have got the, the godfather of Five Yard... <laughs> Uh, Rush himself, Don Stocks. I really didn't know how to introduce you because you're you're just such a magnificent um, presence to have on the podcast. But Stocks, how are you doing, mate? We haven't had you on for quite a while. I, I am doing very well, thanks, mate. Uh, magnificent. Nobody's called me that in a long, long time. So if nothing else happens in the next hour <laughs> or so, that is the highlight of this. It, listen, college players are my jam. You asked me to come on and talk about the Combine. That was supposed to be last week. Then free agency has happened. So today is a mashup. It's going to be interesting because I haven't dived into free agency too much. So it's going to be interesting to hear your takes on what's happened in what feels like the last 25 seconds because it is literally my phone has been bang, bang, bang. So by the time this goes live as a podcast or the end of this live video stream, loads more stuff could have happened. It's mental. Yeah, it really feels mental at the moment. As you said, it just feels like every second you're getting a notification. And the big news of Aaron Rodgers still hasn't dropped, even though he was meant to not be taking anyone for a ride. And uh, it was meant to be making a decision pretty quickly. And it's now two weeks after that. And we still have no idea what's going to happen. Although I'm pretty sure everyone's, I'd say, pretty confident in the Rogers is now going to be a New York Jet. Um, I mean, the sniffing around Alan Lazar, the sniffing around um, Randall Cobb, and even 
Mercedes Lewis the t- blocking tight end because that's a <laughs> wish list that new, that um, Rogers has given them. So I have a feeling that Rogers is going to uh, New York Jets as probably does ninety percent of the people following football right now. But um, we've got to wait for that to be confirmed. But as you said, stocks we have plenty of free agent news. Um, so I'm going to run quickly through it and then we'll get into your bread and butter, which is the rookies um, combine review. And um, I know that we've got a lot of players on the list, but we are not going through all the players that I put on the show <laughs> sheet. For for those listening, uh, that is probably roughly 30, 30 to 40 players that I've written down there just that I could think had a good or bad combine that we could talk about. So Plenty to go in. So let's jump into the free agents. So stocks, the first bit of news that happened, this happened uh, last week, was the Panthers traded up to uh, the first overall pick, presumably to take their quarterback of choice. Um, And in that trade, I'm not going to go through the whole, uh, whole shebang, but in that trade, they did trade multiple firsts um, to get up to the first overall pick. And they also traded DJ Moore to the Browns. I think this was an absolute haul for the Bears. And this is best case scenario for them. Justin Fields gets DJ Moore as his wide receiver one. Darnell Mooney gets back and a bit healthy, um, um, healthier as the wide receiver two, which is his best case scenario, in my opinion. Justin Fields gets some great weapons and gets so many picks that they gave up to go and get him. They now have all those picks back, plus probably a little bit more. So um, Stocks, DJ Moore, now now a Chicago Bear. How how do you feel about this trade? Uh, You're right. We're almost a week late to this now, Liam. So people hearing this have probably heard every (laughs) opinion. You know, this is an instant reaction, but I think the Panthers overpaid. I think the Bears, like you rightly said, got an absolute haul. And that's the sort of thing where the front office, I think Chase Claypool tweeted, give the GM the keys to the city because he's just (laughs) essentially saved, not saved Chicago uh, franchise, but they already have their QB1. So to go and sell that for (laughs) all of that stuff, Will Anderson wasn't in in my opinion. He's if you don't need a quarterback, he's the best player in the draft, and he's not worth the amount they got. So yeah. it, it was a slam dunk pick for them. I love the pick for DJ Moore. We saw what Justin Fields can do with receivers. I mean Wilson, Alave, Jazz, and uh, Jigba. You know yeah. the, the guy can throw the ball. I think DJ Moore is going to not necessarily be an elite option, but. I think he's going to be a decent wide receiver one for them. And they are clearly moved up for a quarterback. It's just which quarterback. And I, for the love of God, hope they make the right choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get on to the, the quarterbacks in a short bit. But the one question that has really cemented in my mind is, does this now mean Anthony Richardson is guaranteed top five? Because... You've got the Texans at two. You've got the Colts at four. Uh, you've maybe got the Raiders. Um, I mean, with free agency, that's no longer happening. But that was a question at the time. Um, you, you could have another team try and trade up into that top five to get um, to get a quarterback. So 
Bryce, uh, Bryce Hall. Uh, no, not Bryce Hall, sorry. Uh, Bryce Young. <laughs> Wrong, wrong, quarter, uh, wrong rookie class. Uh, CJ Stroud, Bryce Hall. Uh, I've done it again. Bryce Young and um, Anthony Richardson. Maybe even Will Levis in the top ten. Um, Listen, there's only like a situation. For me, with the Raiders expected to sign Jimmy G. Let's talk straight about that, Liam. That that Let's is a great a great move for them because I don't think they've to move up to get. Essentially, either in my opinion, Stroud or Young, would they'd have to give up too much draft capital, and and in order because they now can't get the one pick, they have to essentially get the two pick and settle for whoever doesn't get taken, unless they are extremely high on on, on Richardson, which in my opinion is a huge mistake. But for them to go out and get Jimmy G, I'm not necessarily sure that AR is guaranteed top five. Yes, his combine, we'll talk about it in a bit, was freakish. But for me, I don't... <laughs> but this is the NFL we're talking about, so anything could happen. Yeah. And he probably is now guaranteed top five. But just don't do it. Just don't just go don't and get... Do it. No, just don't do it. Um, I think for the Raiders, it's a really smart move. If they get Jimmy G, I don't know what the, the, the contract thing for there is. But if they get him for one or two years, there's some seriously good quarterbacks coming out next year and the year after. Uh, one by the name of Caleb Williams, who is as good as, in my opinion, as as Bryce Young and potentially CJ Stroud. So if he has another good year at USC, let's let's see there. So this for the Raiders, I think, is a bob on move from the back uh, front office. Now, we don't tend to say that too often. No, we we don't whatsoever. Um, the contract situation for Jimmy G is he can be cut at the end of this year um, for about ten million in saving, roughly. Um, but it's most likely a two-year contract. Um, so you could be looking at him being a, a, a bridge quarterback. But as you said, the Raiders have been busy because not only have they brought in Jimmy G, they franchise tagged um, Josh Jacobs before free agency. That all happened uh, quite a while ago now, and. Um, They've also, or they're expected to sign Jacoby Myers because we're talking about the um, the, the tampering period um, where it's actually legal now, not like the Dolphins that get docked a first-round pick for tampering <laughs> with Tom Brady. Um, so just before free agency, all of this is expected to happen, but doesn't actually mean that it's going to. Um, so Jacoby Myers is going to be the wide receiver two next to Devonta Adams. So you kind of expect Jimmy G to have the this great great receiving um, receiving weapons, and then they trade Darren Waller to the the uh, <laughs> the Giants for a third round pick. So a lot of movement in that uh, Raiders offense. I think that Darren Waller. I'm I'm on the fence with this move for him because for him the player, I think that he's going to a worse quarterback in terms of getting him the actual ball and uh, but he's also got way less um competition there's no Devonte adams being a 150 target hog jacoby myers being added there as well would have been next to hunter renfro that was getting fed targets as well so plenty of um room for targets for waller but i also think that that's a much worse um offense to be in for the receiving side yeah, yeah, terrible move for Waller and a terrible move for Waller owners if you have him in Dynasty. Yeah, I I, I try to pick up more um, 
shares of Waller and I, I, I wanted more and I thought that a trade was coming. It made sense, but I didn't think it was to the Giants. <laughs> um, he he seems like that boom bust kind of tight end at the moment. He's I think he was uh, tight end 10 or 12, somewhere in that range in January ADP last time I looked. And um, if you can get him there, brilliant, because if you're competing and he hits at that type of value, then brilliant. But if, if he doesn't, you're not actually paying that much for him. Um, but staying on the lines with the Raiders and um, being busy, they obviously cut Derek Carr and Derek Carr went and signed with the um, Saints. We're on the Saints. Um, Michael Thomas also restructured his contact uh, his contract to stay in New Orleans uh, this year although I don't expect him to be there next year because he's got a ridiculous cap saving. I think it's like 50 million. Um, so he, Michael Thomas is going to be next to Chris Olave getting the ball from Derek Carr, who goes into New Orleans and becomes the best NFC South quarterback on our <laughs> roster right now. Yeah. Um. And then stocks, this one's not that high up on the priority list, but Jono Smith was traded uh, to the Falcons and Tyler Heineke expected to sign there too. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because it's competition for Ridder, and I think it's a bit more than people were hoping for. They were kind of hoping for a bit more Ridder this year. Um, And then maybe like a Mike White signing, but yeah, Heineke. I feel like he is going to be ready and waiting for Ridder to not have a good two games and then step in for the rest of the season. Yeah, there's a bit of a mess at the Falcons, really. I think, I don't know, I think Ridder's good enough to, to keep Heineke at bay, but I think the gap of being good enough to Heineke coming in is a lot smaller than perhaps it should be. And the Falcons, are they've made some errors in the past and replacing Ridder too quickly could possibly be a, a bit of a, a bad move in my opinion. But yeah, Johnny Smith, does he replace Carl Pitts? <laughs> <laughs> just, That's why I said it was really a non-factor. It's yeah, exactly. the top of the priority it's, list. It's, it, it, we'll, we'll move quickly along, Liam, to another pretty non-factor. Rashad Penny signing with the Eagles. That, that Surely that is the death of Rashad Penny. Uh, it's not a nice landing spot for any running back. Um, I wanted Kenneth Gainwell to get a lot more um, option there just because I wanted him to succeed. But um, I think Penny can do well. I just think that it's very tough for any running back in that offense with the sneak offense that they have. And that you know that the, uh, you know that the Eagles love their sneak offense. So, especially around the goal line, you're expecting Hurts to take how, how many touchdowns a year? All of them. Five five to ten, if not even more than that, rushing yeah. inside the five. Yeah, Rashad Penny um, kissed those those short touchdowns goodbye, unless the NFL do step in and do something about the sneak um, offense, which they shouldn't do because it's a part of the game. I don't yeah. see why. They somebody, should, but I know that there's rumours going around with it. Yeah, but somebody smart enough to come up with a basic rugby play and install it in a in a legal way in the NFL, and then all of a sudden you're going to get rid of it because it, other teams... Just everyone do it. Make it like the Formula yeah. One. When somebody comes up with something, everyone else do it, and then it's no longer an advantage. 
it's yeah. completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, the only other bit of news is the Miami Dolphins is no longer um, wide open at running back. They are re-signing both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting one back, but not both. So I that makes... This. You hate it. I, I hate this. this. Only because going into free agency, I think the Dolphins only had one running back on their roster or no yeah. running backs on their roster. They, they didn't have and, the amount of mock drafts from people I respect in the industry who have got somebody like Zach Charbonnet or Sean Tucker going there in the second or third round. And I'm like, yes, everybody pile onto Bijan Robinson. Everybody get your Jameer Gibbs shares. I'm going to take um, <laughs> Zach Charbonnet later and have the starting running back in a Miami team where he is basically the only dog. Now there's two of these old boys and they'll probably go and take Charbonnet and that'll be done anyway. So... Yeah, I I was really excited about a running back prospect going into Miami with that offense. Now I'm not excited at all. And that's the only reason I mentioned it. It's not even for the two that were signed. It was just for the the door being slammed shut on any running back uh, prospect going there. But while we're on the subject of prospect stock, uh, we we may as well jump in to the combine review. Um, We'll start off at the quarterback position. And it seemed like Every quarterback got good reviews. I don't think many people were expecting it. So um, CJ Stroud looked like he was extremely accurate. I mean, we kind of expected that from tape anyway, but he really put on a show for everyone. And that's his major take, his major point coming out. You got Bryce Young um, actually being an over 200 pounds. I think that was a... Ma- a just under two hundred pounds. Sorry, I can see stock shaking my head. No, so come on, I, talk, I, talk to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the start of this conversation. Talk about the combine. I want to talk to you about what you think the combine means for dynasty football. So, for me, the NFL combine, you should take the top. For this is a for, for, you should take the most of the top locked in positions and disregard them from the combine because the NFL combine shows us one thing and it very rarely shows us the flip side of this coin. It shows us, for me, all the stuff we already know. You go and take an accurate quarterback like CJ Stroud, take him out of a game situation padded up, you put him in an indoor environment, throwing a football to casual receivers, not, no, that's the wrong way of putting it, casually to receivers, yes, CJ Stroud's going to be accurate. We already know that, like you said from tape. Look at his college films. He is the most accurate quarterback in this class. For me, that is the overriding fact for an NFL quarterback, what I want coming out of college. I want poise in the pocket. I want accuracy. CJ Stroud is my quarterback one. Why? I'm not saying we shouldn't do this show because that is terrible of me and we might as well end it now. But what do you <laughs> get from the combine for dynasty football in, in regards to dynasty? Because... The thing for me in Dynasty is the Combine's great and sometimes we see stuff that we didn't necessarily see, uh, like Chase Brown, for instance, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But landing spot surely is a much greater factor in Dynasty football than the Combine. So before I get into your question, um, Bryce Young did weigh in over £200. I wanted to clarify that because I got myself a little bit confused. When you were shaking your head, I thought I had some sort of fact wrong. No, oh, I was I'd, bang on on that. I'll tell you why I was shaking my head when we talk about Bryce Young in a minute. Yeah, that, that's fine. So 
back to your question on how it helps, how the combine helps in Dynasty. Um, this is actually what I wanted to talk about right at the end of this part. I wasn't going to say anything. I wanted to get your opinion on it first, but you've, okay. you've just done it for me. So perfect. But what I wanted to say was it's a hype event. That is all it is. It's yep. a hype event. Yes, it convert, confirms how fast someone is or how much someone weighs or whether someone's accurate like we've already talked about like we'll we'll talk about the running backs the tight ends the wide receivers how fast they were sure it confirms all of this but you can see it all from tape yep. but all the combine does is make hype stories and that's what dynasty people should be analyzing a lot more than what actually goes on at the combine I'm not saying that what happens at the combine doesn't affect evaluations because it does for me. What how I use it is I take the the scores and I'll put them into what's called relative um, athletic score uh, or RAS, and I use that in my my rookie model. But that's just so I have something in there that tells me, okay, yeah. this guy's fast, this guy's slow, or, or whatever, and it's it's all calculated there. Yep. But I don't put someone's four three speed in there because that's without pads. That's not being hit and going down at the first contact, etc. So what I use it for the most is to see who's going to get hyped out of out of the stadium, out of the planet, like someone we're going to talk about at the quarterback position very, very soon. And you can try and capitalize off that. You can because right yes. now, what what people have got to think, or I say what people have got to think is, people lack the thought process of actually we have no idea what the NFL thinks of this. Think about this time last year, Malik Willis. Even though there's still questions around some of his accuracy, his sort of combine performance didn't really knock his stock. If anything, it made it better because he was fast. Mm-hmm. And yet he still went in the third round, but he still got some hype from the combine. I'm not talking a lot like some of these quarterbacks, but there's a lot of hype that goes in and especially more that comes out of the combine that people can come, can jump on right now and make some trades. Say you've got an early first. Do you think you could trade the 104 for the move back a couple of spots and still maybe get a good quarterback or running back once we know the draft capital because of this land or this hype I think yeah. that's the sort of thing you need to start thinking about and yeah. and this is all going to change when draft capital or as you said landing spot is determined because that's way more important than what they do in the underwear Olympics as people call it 100% the, for dynasty in my opinion the combine should be used to buy and sell draft picks to people who like players need players and are hyped up if you know somebody really wants needs a quarterback and is picking at three for instance or no you've got the third pick two teams above them need a quarterback you could trade that three for pretty much everything and they'll draft Anthony Richardson and you will have done a Chicago Bears Carolina Panthers uh, situation <laughs> where you pull their pants down and walk away with everything but that that for me is is exactly like you say what the combine it, it should be used for but that doesn't mean to stop listening now guys we, we still have these to talk about <laughs> and the combine performances and another thing for me I think for combine is it's and in some respects 
people who aren't into college football, it's the first time they get a look on an NFL basis at some of these players. They get to learn the names. They get to see how they perform on tape uh, it from the combine, uh, maybe a few highlights thrown in. And, and it's a good starting point to learn the names of the draft class before they get picked in the NFL draft. So, Stocks, let's dive back into Bryce Young. Right. I know okay. you, you had stuff to talk about there. I just, so, I'm just going to sit back and listen because I know you've got this monologue already. It's, 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 yeah, I have. If I talked for too long, Liam, tell me because we, we're into the Never. pod already. Okay. So, if you'd have asked me at the start of last season who my quarterback one would have been coming into this year's draft class, it would have been Bryce Young. He had a few things for me to work on, not necessarily get be- no, to get better at. He wasn't bad at anything. For me, he didn't improve his footwork enough in it, it, throughout the course of the season for me to consistently think, yes, he's, his presence in the pocket and his pocket awareness is fantastic. I think it's, it's the best in the draft class. However, his size doesn't make up for the fact that his footwork isn't perfect and when you say he comes in over 200 pounds yes he came in at two over 200 pounds the guy never played at over 193 I think in the season something like that seven pounds is a lot of weight to put on and then you come into the combine and do absolutely nothing but step on the scales that to me shows he's absolutely soaked himself in water and then can't throw the football, isn't as fast, will dump this weight for the Alabama Pro Day, where they do everything he did on tape. Then, on the flip side of that coin, you've got my quarterback one, CJ Stroud, turn up. (laughs) Bryce Young not performing at the Combine, CJ Stroud didn't even have to do anything and automatically look better. Then he goes out there, didn't do a 40 shuttle broad jump and other stuff, because... We don't need to know his athleticism in that. CJ Stroud can run. He isn't necessarily as manoeuvrable as Bryce Young. It's not his game. You put him in the pocket. You let the guy zing the ball. Got one of the strongest arms in the draft class. He can hit a barn door. Not just a barn door, but he can hit the lock bit in the middle of a barn door from <laughs> like 60 yards away. And then you tack on to the fact that he got to throw a few balls to JSN during his combine drills. I mean, hello, perfect situation for CJ Stroud. It started as a level playing field. As soon as Bryce Young didn't do anything, his stock dropped. That, him not doing anything, increased CJ Stroud. And then you've got CJ Stroud doing everything he does that we know he does. On tape in the combine, his stock increases. The gap there is too big. I don't care what Bryce Young does at his Alabama Pro Day now. He won't be, in my eyes, as good as CJ Stroud as an NFL prospect. And again, I've said this for everything I always say, I'm quite happy to be proven wrong because I like it when people prove me wrong. But CJ Stroud is just, I think, a better quarterback prospect. And he could easily have won the Heisman two years in a row. Sounds like it's very certain which side you're on, Stokes. Yeah, I, I mean, they both have um, they both have positives. As you said, um, C.J. Stroud is the, the more accurate the pocket passer, and then uh, Bryce Young uh, is the more athletic one. But this is another reason why I like the NFL Combine as a, or I see it as a hype machine, because players can choose what they want to do. 
I mean, we'll get on to wide receivers in a little bit, but there's a certain wide receiver that you've already mentioned that specifically didn't run the 40, and yet his stock went through the roof because everything else he did was incredible. And all of the questions were around that one 40 time, and he didn't want to give that answer. So because he didn't give that answer, all that mystery is still there, and his stock's gone through the roof because everything else he did good. Same with Bryce Young to the opposite way. He answered the questions of, is he actually going to weigh in over 200? Is is he undersized? But because he didn't do anything else and other quarterbacks did, other quarterbacks may have leaped him a little bit, but he still answered those questions. And that's all this the NFL combine is, is them answering questions that yep. is going to hurt their draft stock. That's all it is. Let's face it, it's not for dynasty analysts, fancy analysts in general to look at these guys and go, okay, I think it's going to be a QB1 because it's not. It's to impress the NFL GM. So, yeah. uh, I I, I think for me, sorry to to jump back. Carry on. I think what one of the biggest things I got from this, and this could be a really naive comment, but I think Ohio State as a, a college prepare their players and provide them the best platform for combine excellence in the way that they help them get ready for the combine. CJ Stroud didn't like you like JSN didn't run a 40 because they don't need to, you know, JSN is there a worry about his time potentially don't give him a reason to worry then do everything else brilliantly. And he's not slow. That's the thing. Like he doesn't need to be the blazer because he does the, the guys like butter. We talked about Jerry Judy route running a few years ago. JSN is like that. He is an absolute monster. And when he did, like you say, everything else at the Combine, so what he didn't run for, it doesn't matter. Everything else he did was brilliant. And Ohio State come out, for me, looking a billion times better than Alabama. Because when you look at Alabama, you know, Bryce Young wasn't great because he weighed over 200 and didn't do anything else. Alabama should be saying, just go out there, regardless of height. Do what you did in the in the last two seasons. Exactly. Heisman winner. And, and just show you Bryce Young. Nobody believes the over 200 pounds thing. And if you do, you're on another planet. I think Bryce Young was the only player to measure his height. I think every other Alabama player, I think, was two inches, two or more inches shorter than their Alabama profiles. And that doesn't help your players at all. Whereas Ohio State, Liam, start talking. I've I've gone on too much. (laughs) Well, I'm going to set you off again because um, the other quarterback I wanted to touch on was the the quarterback that blew the draft out of uh, the water in terms of hype, Anthony Richardson. You've already mentioned it. He was fast. He, He managed to look accurate to an extent. I mean, he did miss some throws. Yep. But you you kind of expected to miss a few throws. The issue is he tested like an absolute monster. He broke the vertical record. He did a bunch of things that you don't expect a quarterback to do. But personally, I don't care whether he broke the vertical record. What does that do for a quarterback for me? It shows his, expl- it shows his explosiveness, but what is he going to use that explosiveness for? Is he going to jump and throw it as well? I'm being pedantic here, but... Yep. To, so, what, what does a vert do to me? No, nothing. Well, what Anthony Richardson did, what you explained the combine is for, 
Anthony Richardson went in there, exploded, showing everybody everything he can do, including missing throws, which I will get onto in a minute, and blew the records out of the water. As medical science, physiological science, college uh, facilities get better, science in general gets better, sports science, all the sciences around NFL, records will be broken because players are going to be in a better physical condition. We're seeing this year on, year out. Wide receivers are bigger, cornerbacks are bigger, quarterbacks throw the ball further, linemen are bigger yet faster. This, I'm not saying what he did, don't hear what I'm not saying. His performance in the combine was freakish. He missed on throws. If I was Anthony Richardson, I would have gone there thinking, I need to not miss on a single throw. If he takes a couple of inches off a jump and, a, and you know, splits off of his 40 time, regard, I don't care. Anthony Richardson showed all of that in his season for Florida. What he also showed in his season for Florida was a 57% completion rate. That is going to get the kid murdered in the NFL. I don't care how high he jumps. He is going to rock into the NFL and get murdered because of his completion. He makes poor decisions, which leads to 57%, and he's going to get picked off because the defenders in the NFL, hell, they are a whole lot better than they are in college. It, it, I, yeah, I, I I can't remember the stat. Um, I remember listening to it on the Around the NFL podcast. Um, there's only been two quarterbacks that have been drafted, I think it was bef- um, since the 2000s. Um, I might be wrong on this, so please fact check um, listeners. But there's only been a few quarterbacks that have been drafted with a lower completion rate than him. Which it's, is insane. It's gonna and people get... are expecting him to go top five. That's why I said, is he guaranteed to go top five? Because he's got loads of question marks, and yet people are like, oh, he ran a four four three. He, he's two forty four um, in terms of weight. He he broke the vert record, but he had a fifth. What was it? Fifty seven percent completion rate yeah. in college. Not great. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think I could go out and make 57% of throws. Like, it's, yeah. And let's move on to Will Levis as well. He went to the combine and did exactly the same thing as Anthony Richardson did. He went and showed he's got a cannon of an arm. Apparently, he interviewed really well, which is great for him. Um, coming from Kentucky, you know, you're not necessarily sure of his ability to be what's classed as a professional because they're not a big school. Yes, he's accurate, throws a crisp ball, he's got a strong arm. Is he the QB3 in this class? Yes, probably. Should he be? No. Stetson Bennett from Georgia should be the QB3 in this class because he's Stetson Bennett. The guy walks on at Georgia, wins two national titles, does absolutely everything perfect, and yet, hell, he's still just Stetson Bennett, the guy who probably shouldn't be playing in the NFL. If there isn't a reason to draft someone as a quarterback to give him a chance, Stetson Bennett is that guy. He should be the quarterback three. Back to Will Levis. We didn't see anything we didn't know. You know, that, and it's the same thing with Anthony Richardson. And I, there's some stuff about Levis as well, which I have concerns about. And I think, I think bar the top two quarterbacks and maybe Stetson Bennett, if he finds himself in a situation where he turned, walks on and, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I just think apart from the top two quarterbacks, I think everyone else is a huge, huge risk in the quarterback class. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On stocks, you've, you've covered the quarterback position pretty extensively. Um, and we're at time. <laughs> let's see if I can set you up in any of these running backs. Um, so B. John Robinson came in, did everything you expected him to do. He didn't run. He didn't run quite as fast as um, many hoped. But don't care. Were expecting? Were anyone really expecting him to run fast? He's not. He's not a speedster. He still ran a four four six. That's pretty good for a yeah. guy that's two fifty. What was he two? Yeah, weighed in at two fifteen. Yeah. So I think he just won at the combine in general but I don't think he could have really lost unless he ran a five second 40 yard dash I don't think there was any really any really point in doing anything because he couldn't increase his stock I suppose I think for Um, me uh, sorry to cut you off Liam I think if you watch any of the Longhorns football Texas sorry for those who aren't college Bijan Robinson Texas running back you watch any of their games where Bijan has played we know the guy can run the football. You know, A gap, B gap, flip to the outside. Yes, he's not lightning fast, but he's got explosive speed. See that in his RAS. What B. John Robinson, for me, went out and did, we know he can catch the football, but he went out and absolutely destroyed his pass-catching showcase. You know, he went out and he got through the bag drills, looked really fluid, had a 37-inch vert, which is pretty decent. You just watch him. He sticks a foot in and he's gone. Bijan yeah. Robinson should, if if Saquon Barkley was a first round prospect, um, a top five pick, which should he be? Don't know. I think Bijan Robinson is pretty much as good a running back as Saquon Barkley, and he should go in the first round. Willie, this is the NFL. Who knows? It's just I said it earlier with Zach Charbonnet. Bijan Robinson is the one hundred and one locked in unless it's super flex, and then even then. Unless you are a real You're quarterback, still considering needed. yes, yeah. The only reason he wouldn't be is if he goes to Dallas because Pollard's still there. And are you going to be giving up a year of production for the Pollard effect? I mean, Zeke's still technically there, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still there. But that would be a very Dallas move to draft him in the first. <laughs> yes, I mean, it would. They did it with CD Lamb. It's it's not out of the realms of possi- <coughs> possibility. Excuse me. Bijan Robinson locked and loaded running back 101 in this class and it's not even close. Yeah, talking about the second running back, that's where uh, rankings start to differ. Um, I mean, Jamar Gibbs is my running back too. And he's still weighed in at just under 200 pounds, 199. So let's crush those, those, uh, those, 
those milestones out the wall because what what's the point? It's one ninety nine. It's kind of basically two hundred. People go, oh, it's it's a milestone. They've got to hit it, or there's lower chance of them um, succeeding in the NFL. But it's one ninety nine. It's one pound. Yep. Like you could have drank a little bit more water, and he would have got to two hundred. But that gets me in trouble. That gets me in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> think, but it's stupid. Me, it is stupid. Jameer Gibbs going to Alabama was a fantastic move for him. You know, it, completely it, agree. Going to a team like Alabama, you know they're going to run the ball. Jameer Gibbs is easily good enough to be the number one at Alabama, and he showed it. Yes, he didn't weigh two hundred and twenty-two pounds or two hundred and thirty pounds. The guy's five nine. Weighing two hundred pounds at five <laughs> yeah. nine is absolutely perfect. And then you look at his explosive strength and speed. The guy is fluid when running the football. Showed really well in the pass catching as well. Had a fairly good RAS score. I think it's landing spot, and then we we talk about this. But if Jameer Gibbs goes to a better landing spot than Bijan, I would be willing to sell my 101 to the guy who has potentially the 102 or the 103. Draft Gibbs over Bijan and be happy with trading back because I think Gibbs is he's not as good as Bijan, but I think he's he's good enough to do work for me in, in my dynasty team. Yeah, it all comes down to draft capital and landing spot, but I, I could see that move happening um, more often than not. And as you said, he he his RAS, he was explosive. It quite it showed four three six in terms of his forty uh, yard dash, but he only did the things that showed his explosiveness. And keep coming back to this hype machine. So he didn't do a broad jump. He didn't do a three cone or a twenty yard shuttle or a bench press because that's not what people want from him you he's just confirming things that people see on tape and that's the the explosiveness and that's why he's my running back too um i mean stocks i'm not going to keep going through this list i know that you're probably itching to get to some of these running backs so is there anyone that you wanted to specifically talk about do you want me to fire through the running backs on my list and just keep talking until you tell me to stop yeah go for it <laughs> okay go so so next up, I've got Sean Tucker from Syracuse. It was really, really good for the Orange. Had a bad year last year. And what didn't help is potentially he was a loser. Had an average combine. He didn't really do what was needed to show the teams he can be a starter. I think he can. But I think he had a poor combine in what he needed to show. And I think he's not quite elite enough to go to the combine and only do the things he's good at. He needs to go and show he can do everything. And whilst he can do everything, he didn't show it well enough in the combine. I think he could have been a starter in the NFL, but I think he gets drafted as a depth backup and hopefully wins the job. Um, Only time will tell. That's exactly the same as Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota, by the way. If you go watch the Minnesota film, if you want a running back that can carry the team, go watch Mo Ibrahim. You give him the ball, the guy will run, he'll run, he'll run, he'll run. They'll play defense, he'll run some more. And they win games on it. If you want players like Sean Tucker and Mo Ibrahim to be your solid power backs, those guys, go get them because they will win you football games through being power backs. Next up, Devin A-Chain, Texas A&M. Another hype machine. This really fast running back goes and runs a blistering 40. Tell me something that wasn't going to happen. You know, at... This four is one that speed. I wanted to talk about as well because people wanted that 4-2 speed and he ran a 4-3-2. Yeah. Like, Really, you you still want the four two when you ran the fastest combine or the fastest forty in this combine? Yeah, 
quite interesting. It, it, it goes back to what I said earlier about stuff being broken. Like, it's almost impossible to run faster than 4-2. The guy runs a 4-3-2. That's, that's slow. Still was the fastest running back. We knew he was the fastest running back. It's just could yeah. he break the 4-2? He's 5 foot 8. He is a solid all-rounder, can catch, but 5'8 and light, bit of a concern for me anyway. Another player who, who, who gone, Liam, I was going to move on, but... No, it, he reminds me of Kenneth Gainwell, and that's why I'm out on him. Yeah. Undersized, speedster, he's got that agility, but just, is he going to be anything at the NFL level other than maybe a satellite back or a change of pace guy. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, another player who's on, on the list is Chase Brown from Illinois. Had an unbelievable 2022. So did the Illinois, to be fair. Their, their whole season was fantastic. Then he went to the Combine and performed really, really well at the Combine. Chase Brown can do everything. Is he going to get a chance? I don't know. Is he good enough to be a starter? I think so. But then the way the NFL are using running backs, if you're not elite, are there bell cow roles anymore? I don't know. But he, he's top five running back for me. A running back with a name by Tank Bigsby from Auburn should be an elite power back, is an elite power back, doesn't catch very well, and then went and ran slower. He ran a slow 40, had a terrible split. He did all right in the drills, looked fluid. But his whole game is, as, as I mentioned, smash mouth football. Yeah. And the combine did not help me uh, help him, in my opinion. So his draft stock dropped terribly. Another player who I wasn't high on to start with was Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. We hear about these Georgia running backs. Kenny McIntosh is not as good as Zeus, who came out last year. And then his draft stock just got run over by a freight train. He went and <laughs> ran a four six two forty, which shocked everyone because we thought he was yeah. faster than that. There was multiple miscues in his on-field drills. Didn't show any burst. Looked confused. It was just absolutely miserable for McIntosh. So even if he performs at Georgia's Pro Day, his draft stock is just right down for me. And that's my running backs done, Liam. Anyone I missed that you want to talk about? Um, the only one... I was going to bring it back to Tank Bigsby because I didn't think that it... I knew his draft stock would have gone down in terms of the general dynasty community, but I didn't think it would have taken such a hit for you. It's Tank, um, right? <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, but the other one that you've not mentioned is uh, Zach Charbonnet, who you've already mentioned on the pod so far. Oh, I just completely skipped over my write-up. Okay, so I've got for Zach Charbonnet... <clears throat> He posted the third highest relative athletic score at this combine. He went and did absolutely everything he had to do at this combine. And I loved him before he went and got this RAS score. At UCLA, he was fantastic. Personally, he does everything I want for my running back prospects. And as I said earlier, if he got a sneaky move to somewhere else, I would be well up for trading back and picking Charbonnet because I think... I think he's going to surprise some people at the next level. If he goes, if he gets picked in the NFL draft in round three or above, I'm just going to be smashing his draft button anyway, regardless of landing spot. Because I think at that point, draft capital is important. So moving from Michigan over to UCLA, bravo, Mr. Charbonnet. That's as good as Jameer Gibbs for me. And, and he went to the combine and, and did what he needed to do. So yeah, big time riser for me, Charbonnet. 
Yeah, I had him and Tank Bigsby in a tier after um, Gibbs based on my tape review. I thought that Bigsby was going to be great um, at the Combine, going to quash some of those speed rumours and um, instead he kind of fed them a little bit. And Zach Charbonnet, even though he ran a four uh, 4.53, we didn't expect him to be fast. Yep. I think that was the difference. We, we kind of wanted Tank Bigsby to be a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, I, I think that cements that Charbonnet is now pre-draft um, above Tank Bigsby for me in my rankings, which makes me a bit sad because I like Tank Bigsby's play a lot. <laughs> um, stocks, wide receivers. Oh, before um, we move on, the running oh. back. Oh, oh man. He's a pass-catching back from a small school, but he's measured the smallest player ever at the NFL combine, like 5'2", 5'3", 5'4". So, uh, five, five. I know who you're on about, but I can't remember who it is. Oh, my brain's gone. Apologies, Rush Nation. That is. Th- this is awful because we should know this. This should be at the top of our uh, <sighs> just on the tip of our tongue. Um, yeah. It will come back to me. Yeah, we'll carry on to wide receivers, and if it comes back to us, we'll let you know the Rush Nation while I'm frantically trying to research it. Um. Oh, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Yes. Well done. That's who it is. Yeah. So he he measured uh, what was it five five? Not very big whatsoever. Um, and I don't know how you feel about him. I didn't like him coming in, regardless. Um, oh, well, look, he was great at his school, but he's not an NFL prospect. No, that that's kind of how I felt about him. So uh, yeah, he didn't run a forty yard. His vert and his um, broad jump weren't brilliant. Came in at 5'5", 179. So, again, just undersized. NFL comparison by uh, Lance Zerline is JJ Taylor. So, that doesn't really help in terms of <laughs> who you're meant to picture with him. So, hey, look, um, listen, if, if you've met me, Rush Nation, I'm 5'10", 180 pounds. So, he's the same weight as me, but five inches smaller. And I am a tiny dude. So. <laughs> you're not tiny. You are. You're smaller than me, but I'm, it, it's it's Thank not you. by much. Like two two inches, <laughs> maybe two inches, nothing. Look, let's do wide receivers. Yeah, wide receivers. So um, we've already mentioned Jackson and Smith and, um, and Jigbert a little bit. I mean, he blew the stop, blew the combine out of the water, and didn't have to run his forty yard dash, but he still um, smashed it out of the park. You've also got. Um, Addison on the other side of that, Jordan Addison, who was my wide receiver one going into the combine, um, now is my wide receiver two because he, he his stock didn't tank, but he ran slower than people thought. And I thought that his speed would be a, a big part of why people liked him. And yet he ran a 4.5, I think it was. Yeah, a 4.49, sorry. So just just faster than that. Um I thought he was going to run a little bit faster, but I still think he's one of the top wide receivers in this draft. And I think everyone's now got uh, JSN above him as wide receiver one. I am going to... I'm going to... A bit of an unpopular take here. I think I've got Jordan... I love Jordan Addison going to USC. I thought that is an absolutely fantastic move for you, kid. I think I thought Caleb Williams throwing you the ball... You know, Lincoln Riley doing Lincoln Riley things and didn't 
didn't shine this season how I thought he would. And then, like you said, didn't blow his stock up, but didn't blow up in a good way either at the Combine. Um, for me, JSN is easily, easily the best wide receiver in this class. You go back two years on a team where Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were there, and JSN had 1,500 receiving yards in a college season with Wilson and Olave on the team, and, and was almost twice as productive as them in that season. They both got drafted really high. If JSN doesn't go as high as them, it's because NFL teams have looked at last year. Would be a bad move, in my opinion. He's an elite route runner. <laughs> and just go watch just go watch his tape from two years ago, then watch the combine and draft him as you should be drafted. Jordan Anderson weighed 171 pounds, like you say, ran a four four nine. It's his size which is going to make him a tough fit in, in the NFL. If he goes to any play action heavy offense, I think he's he's gonna be in, in big trouble. Was considered maybe an early to mid round first pick like you. I had him as my wide receiver one because I thought this move was just fantastic. But his RAS score is absolutely shocking when you look at his size and weight. And I think NFL teams might see that as a real problem, even though he is handsy. He does win the ball in the air. He's got a good high point. I just I think they might punish him for his for his lack of size at the combine and his bad down near, not bad, down near at USC when it should have been better. I mean, for me, I've got Quinton Johnson from TCU, Zay Flowers and Keyshawn Butte all above him now. And that is purely from his down near in college, let alone the combine. So <clears throat> I don't know how you feel about Quentin Johnson, Liam, but <laughs> his size at the combine was massive, 6'3", 208 pounds. He's got massive leg skill strength that we saw from from the jumping skills. And last year at TCU, yes, TCU had a TCU year by making it to the college final. Should they have done that? No, because they were completely outskilled by Georgia, but it's a fairy tale story. And he did everything last year that I want to see from my wide receivers. This is the kind of dude who we saw a few years ago, like Henry Ruggs, surprise people and be the wide receiver one. I think Quinton Johnson has sneaky chance to be the wide receiver one taken from his production last year and how he performed at the combine. And it wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying he is the best receiver, but I'm saying there, if there's an NFL team who really likes him and they're up there, he could easily go as the wide receiver one. I think he definitely fits the NFL size comparisons a lot more than the others uh, that we've already spoken about. I mean, I had him as my wide receiver three and I'm kind of now thinking his... He's quite close to Addison for me, maybe even tipping Addison, and I wasn't a huge fan of Quentin Johnson's tape. But that being said, um, he's 6'3", and he had the third highest vertical from this wide receiver class um, by 0.5 of an inch, so half of an inch. Um, So that shows that he he can be explosive and he's going to be a great jump, uh, jump ball type of guy. But the the thing that really helps with Ken, Quentin Johnson's stock is he didn't he went in there and he didn't have to prove his speed or anything because people knew that he wasn't going to be running a massively fast forty. Yep. What he needed to go in there and say was, "I'm a massively different type of wide receiver to a lot of these other guys." Because a lot of these other guys are trying to impress with the speed, with the agility. But Quentin Johnston is like a Jamar Chase from a few years ago. I'm not saying that that's the type of level we're, we're expecting from him. 
before anyone runs off with that out of context. But he's the the guy that I didn't really like coming in because he doesn't win in an orthodox way in like a speed or with a route running or he doesn't win like that. But he just comes up with form an amazing lot of time. So I think what he needed to do was go in there and show his size, show his power. And that's why he went in and did. And that's why his stock probably went up a little bit. Um, I think it helps with Addison coming down a lot more as well. Um, Stocks, is there anyone else that you wanted to speak about wide receiver wise? Because there's a lot of them. And I know you've prepped a lot of notes. Okay, so I will do what I did with the running back. I'll carry on. Go for it. So flip side of the, the equation is almost Zay Flowers from Boston College. You know, we've got Quentin Johnson, who's <laughs> heavy, tall. Zay Flowers is complete opposite, weighed 182 pounds, only five foot nine, but then went and ran a 4.42 in the 40, which was important for him. And then he did a 35 and a half inch vertical jump, which is pretty much the same as JSN. We talked about him being athletic and explosive. This kid's got it as well. Was smooth in the route running. Uh, looked quite good in 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 some of the catching drills. And then when you think Boston College, try and name a name me a Boston College quarterback, Liam. Quarterback? No. If you'd have just said player, I'd have gone AJ Dillon. But that's the yeah. only Boston co- College guy that I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's there is. I, I can't even uh, off the top of my head think of him. So he had two hundred receptions during four years at Boston College. It shows you they used him all the time regardless of quarterback. And when they had a quarterback, 50 receptions a year is fairly decent in college. So Zay Flowers, I think his stock improved from, from the combine for me. Sean Boutte, if you'd have gone back two years and asked me who the number one wide receiver in this class was, I would have said this guy. He was... Yeah, this is he, massively changed. He should have transferred when LSU decided to implode. After the 2019 season where Joe Burrow and that LSU team went and took, did college football things that no one had seen in a long, long time. Keishon Butte should have realised, and I don't know whether he's got an agent or what happened, he should have realised that LSTU team was done and he should have got out. He should have done a Jordan Anderson. And if he did, he could have gone anywhere because at that point his draft stock and his you know, rating out of high school was so high, he could have gone to Bama and he could have been a, a top prospect. He needs to go to LSU for his pro day and have the pro day of all pro days. And and even then, that might not save his draft stock. He's 5'11", sub 200 pounds, ran a 4.50. 29 inch vertical was average for a, <laughs> the same as a 300 pound defensive lineman. I don't know what happened to Keyshawn Boutte. But it wasn't the Keyshawn Boutte we've seen in college football. And I don't know whether the previous two seasons have really hurt his football overall package in going from being an elite prospect. You know, this guy, when we talked about him two years ago, was Justin Jefferson. He could have been Jamar Chase. This guy had everything that these guys from LSU throw out. And I don't know now if he can play in the NFL to the level that is going to make him relevant. I I genuinely, this guy, for me, is the one player in this whole process, maybe not Stetson Bennett's there as well, but I think he deserves a chance because he's what he's done. 
I think Keyshawn Booty for me is the one player I want to be drafted and then smack the NFL in the mouth because he know he's been drafted. He's got a point to prove. Somebody sticks a rocket up him and says, Keyshawn, go out there and be you from three years ago because you can do it. And I want, I want of all the players in the draft, I want him to succeed more than anyone because I think talent-wise, we could be missing out on a generational prospect in Keyshawn Butte that he could be a ghost. The Keyshawn Butte that comes into the NFL could well be a ghost that we never see the old one. But I, I, it's, it's such a shame because we talk about prospects and we talk about them for fantasy football. And when you think about this guy, what could have been, if we never see him in the NFL, it would it would just be an absolute shame, and it, it's just sad. It's, it, it could be sad. So I'm hoping that his pro day's good. He gets drafted to a place where he can start, because I think he needs to start hot. And I think if he starts hot, gets the rapport. I think he could he could easily be top three from this draft class if we see the two year old Keishon Butte. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And with uh, with him, I found him really difficult to um, watch his tape because I remember hearing all of these, like I, I've listened to podcasts and I try and stay in touch with the college football side all the way through um, the each of these careers because I like to know what's coming in before I start my own process. And I remember hearing Boutet's name so many times a few years ago and then when he came or when I started hearing about him this year that kind of awe around him has completely changed and that was quite sad to see as she said yeah. I think um, if anyone is going to go in the third round in rookie drafts and have the biggest chance or the, the highest upside it's going to be him yeah. uh, you maybe. Um, have a case for someone like uh, Marvin Mims or a Josh Downs from some of their combine um, hype, but I think that's at the early stage of the, f- the third round. I think Butte is he's not going anywhere other than third round in rookie drafts right now. Yeah, I think he's got the most Amon Rasen Brown about him in rookie drafts yeah. that we, we could see in a while. Um, moving on, Tank Dell, a name you can forget, had a shocker of a combine almost. Looked like he wasn't there in, in mind, and bo- just his body was there. Yeah. His mind was not there. His draft stock got absolutely annihilated. Josh Downs, you mentioned him, showed unbelievable short yardage speed, great explosion, sniffing and jumping. Played tough in his career at Carolina, but poor RES on size was a worry for me. However, I've seen him play. I've seen him be the wide receiver one, and he played a lot from the slot, which when you see his short yardage ability and stuff, could translate really, really well to the NFL. So, uh, you know, see him go to the Vikings and replace Adam Thielen in the slot, that would be a dream situation for Josh Downs. I mean, can you imagine? He's basically a younger replacement for Adam Thielen. That would be perfect. Uh, Moving on, Rashi Rice from SMU. Loved this guy because Tanner Mordecai was his quarterback for a couple of years and that kid can sling the ball. Watch out for him at Wisconsin this year. I think he is sneaky upside for quarterback high next year. Anyway, Rashi Rice uh, was explosive in his jumps, ran a respectable 4-5-1, had decent film, questioned his straight line speed, but whilst his 4-5-1 wasn't fast, it also wasn't potentially as slow as maybe we thought. So, I mean, career-wise, 
96 catches, 10 TDs, average 14 yards a catch. But I think running that 4-5-1, I think questions about his speed, we can sort of relax on a little bit. So Rasheed Rice, I think, did himself good at the combine. Um, yeah, that's it for my for my quarterbacks. I mean, the only uh, wide receiver, sorry, the only other player I would like to mention is Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Go watch him with uh, Hendon Hooker last year. The guy had multiple touchdown games, multiple over 100-yard games. Double man him in the biggest occasion. If Jalen Hyatt wants to play football, like he clearly did for Tennessee, the kid can ball. And I think he could have some value in the NFL draft coming up. But yeah, otherwise that's me wide receiver out, Liam. As your wide receiver out, let's just carry on with the tight ends then. Um, So So, I'm going to leave you to this one because I know what's coming. No, 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 no. So if you look at each positional group in this year's NFL draft, there is a case to say that the tight ends is the best group from this NFL draft. I don't know if there's been an NFL draft where this amount of quality tight ends has come out in one year. I'm not saying there's a whole load of Travis Kelsey's just waiting to be plucked lovely in your second or third round. But there is... (laughs) So you've got Zach Kunitz, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid. They all had great combines. The tight end one in this class is Michael Mayer. I don't care what anybody says. Play for Notre Dame. He's still the tight end one. He just he had the Bryce Young of quarterback um, tight end combines. He didn't have the best tight end combine. Everyone else blew the socks off their own feet in their combines. And Michael Mayer had a bad one. And we've already seen that scale flip with the quarterbacks. Michael Mayer is still the best tight end in this class. He's the most pro-ready. He's the best blocker. Can catch pretty much anything you throw at him. The guy's wingspan is ridiculous. He just didn't go out there and excite me. You know, it wasn't... But he didn't need to. You would just go watch his tape. I think the only tight ends with a better college production over games played than Michael Mayer are Gronkowski and Kyle Pitts. That's it. Michael Mayer is the third best tight end to come out of college production-wise than those two guys mentioned. Cole Pitts drafted to the Falcons anywhere else and he could probably be elite. Gronkowski, one of the best tight ends ever. So (laughs) you need to block as a tight end in the NFL now so they can use you in different packages. Michael Mayer can do it. The guy can catch. Pro-ready tight end. Plug him in as the tight end one. And if anybody wants to fight me, Come and find me because I'm ready. <laughs> Fighting words from stocks. Um, I'm not going to fight you on that. I've got my, my tight end one in this class. Um, I think the interesting thing here is Donna Washington had a lot of hype because of that one catch. Um, <laughs> that you, You've seen it circulated everywhere and everyone knew that he was a great catcher anyway, but that, that one catch was um, the, the, all the hype that he needed he, all he had to do is have that one play and not do anything else at the combine, and that was it. That was his. That 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 could sum up his entire combine. Yeah. Um, I will say I think his toe was out, but <laughs> it, it's the combine, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, I mean, what do you think of him? Like Luke Musgrave, did he do anything for you? I know that these guys had a better combine, or 
answered more questions and got a bit more hype than Mayer. But where do you fall on the rest of the guys? So I really like Dalton Kincaid. I think his combine was fantastic. But you go and watch his tape, he can ball as well. And the same for Zach Kunitz. I think they both really helped themselves at, at the combine specifically. And tight ends these days, they're basically inflated wide receivers who, if you can block, that's the difference between where you get drafted. Unless you are a blocking tight end and then you go in like the sixth round and no one ever knows your name and, and, and we move on. But yeah, I th- I, like I said, the tight end class is really, really good. And I think there are going to be some steals in the dynasty drafts late on for these guys who get drafted to a team perhaps where sort of like a Hayden Hurst um, Mark Andrews situation where Mark Andrews was taken after Hayden Hurst and actually developed into the tight end one I'm not saying two of these guys are going to go to the same team from the same draft class but they could slide in behind a tight end um, like the the guy at the Eagles or you know that kind of ilk and, and take over the starting role and I think they could be sneaky value in, in dynasty drafts. Yeah, I mean, I'm, unless it's tight end premium, I'm probably not taking anyone in the, the first round. I need to see first round capital from any NFL team to even consider that um, yeah. uh, with my first round pick. So um, and if none of them get first round capital, if it really depends on the value because in the third and fourth round, I'm probably taking shots at running back. Uh, second round is the only time where I'd consider it. And at the moment, too many running backs and, and decent wide receivers are going in that range for rookie drafts that I can't consider anyone unless they drop massively. Um, but stocks, unless there is anyone else for you to cover, if you've got your notes, because I don't want you to, to leave those notes on the screen no. and not share them with the listeners. I have, uh, I, I've touched on everyone. Perfect. Think, yeah, there isn't anyone else on my list I haven't mentioned. So the list is well used, Liam. Don't panic. That's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted, Stocks. But um, before we get out of here, some, some news, I suppose. I don't know how much <laughs> of news this is. Um, Boston Scott has signed with the or re-signed with the Eagles so that Rashad Penny news at the start gets a little bit worse for Rashad Penny so yes I'm probably with you in terms of he, he's not going to be brilliant but um, unless of course Miles Sanders one, leaves and then who knows well yeah Sanders is a free agent this year so he's probably pro- I think this spells the fact that he's done um, the one thing that I did want to mention was um, Alan Lazard has actually got a four-year, forty-four million deal from the New York Jets. So I think that is Rogers confirmed. Basically, I don't think Lazard signs that deal without knowing that Rogers is going there. Yeah, that, that's it. So um, stocks. Thank you for coming on. And now I've shared that <laughs> that very small breaking news that I think is a precursor to a big one. Um, that is everything we've got for you, listeners. So that is the end of the show. Enjoy uh, your weeks until next week. We'll see you then. Thanks again, Stocks. See you later.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.